0: Welcome to the Business of Psychology podcast, the show that helps you to reach more people, help more people, and build the life you want to live by doing more than therapy. Today's episode is extremely exciting for me because... I am interviewing Liz Melville, who is a bit of a marketing hero of mine, and I can't wait for her to share with you some of the strategies and tips that I've learned from her over the past couple of years listening to her podcast um, to help you get your big ideas in front of the right people through online launches. So she shares so much value in this episode, and I can't wait to bring it to you. But before we do get started with that, there is something that I want to tell you about. Do you have moments where you're unsure why you're doing what you do? Feeling burned out or stuck in your practice? Do you feel sick when you send invoices and sweaty when you check your bank balance? Or are you confident in what you want to do, but feeling overwhelmed by the idea of marketing? If any of these apply to you, then you need to be at the Do More Than Therapy Community Online Summit on Monday the 22nd of June. It's totally free to attend. Just join the group and let us know your email address to register. We've got expert speakers talking about pricing, mindset, running captivating online workshops and using Facebook groups to create community. So make sure that you're signed up for all of that good stuff. But now on with today's show. Today, I'm very excited to be interviewing Liz Melville. I met Liz a couple of years ago at Janet Murray's content marketing event. And she's been top of my marketing podcast lists ever since, telling me how to ditch the drama of Facebook ads and use their powers for good. Liz has used her expertise as a Facebook ads expert to help some of the biggest names in the coaching industry have seven figure launches. And now she's helping other business owners to do the same thing, create launches that get their important messages heard with ads being a part of that. So Liz, hi, thank you for coming on the podcast. Hi, thank you. Thank you for having me. So things have changed a bit since I met you a couple of years ago. Um, So would you mind telling us a bit about what you do now and who you help?
1: Yeah, sure. So um, one thing that is still the same is that I help online course creators and I'm a Facebook ads strategist, but I would also call myself a launch scientist um, (laughs) because I love getting into the strategy of launches. So for the last, you know, good few years, I've very much focused on just running Facebook ads, big campaigns for some very well-known names, uh, and also teaching Facebook ads as well so that, you know, everyday people can use them without the overwhelm. And as you said at the start, ditch the drama and the fear uh, and just try and make it simple. So very much my focus has been on Facebook ads, but it kind of recently occurred to me that actually Facebook ads, while they're very important in a launch, I've been involved in so many launches that I'm kind of immersed in the end-to-end strategy of it all and what I want to do is really just broaden out a little bit to help people with from start to finish for launch, not just the ads. How do you put it together? What the heck is a launch? Um, and, And how do you put all these little elements together and test it out and Really just bringing to people what's working out there and what I'm seeing working from the launches that I've been a part of, that they can then break that down and, and give it a go themselves. And I think that makes loads of sense,
0: doesn't it? Because definitely from my personal experience, for ads to work for you, you have to be 100% clear on your message. And that is Part of your overall strategy, so bringing those two things together, so that you don't have an amazing Facebook
1: ad that's just sending people to slightly the wrong place.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, really important.
1: Totally, and it's, it's something that I'm always very clear on. Um, you know, people try running ads and they wonder why they don't work and it's so I'm not finding the right people and I'm like actually are you saying the right thing and um, because it might be that it's the wrong message to the right people and you will not get people coming into your launches you won't sell them your courses if that's the case so it absolutely messaging has to come first and, and that kind of weaves its way right through a launch you know from your offer what it is to how you talk about it and what you say to bring people into to that launch so yeah you're absolutely right messaging is so so key so I think we need to go back a couple of steps and talk
0: about what a launch actually is because it's something that is a relatively new terminology for me um a lot of people listening to this are psychologists and therapists mm-hmm. and we tend to have the sort of services that you run all year round in the same way So launching might be quite new for people. So what is a launch and who needs to know about it?
1: That's a great question. Um, And I think it, it is almost difficult. It means different things to different people. But... For me, a launch is when you've got an online or a digital program. It doesn't necessarily need to be online. I mean, you can have a product launch, but it's something where you want to sell something and you're doing it in volume in a short space of time. So it's different to where a lot of your psychologists that perhaps booking consultations and they're doing that all the time and all year round that's almost what we'd call evergreen it's just it's constantly happening it never changes and you almost want that pipeline all the time whereas a launch is maybe something that you're just saying no actually I'm just going to sell this now at this point in the year and I want to get it out to as many people as possible in that kind of short burst of energy so it's doing it just in that time frame and to as many people as you possibly can. So that's how I would define a launch. And then how you launch, that's probably another question altogether, is whether you choose to um, use a webinar or video series, there's lots of different ways to do it. And I think that's where a lot of the overwhelm can come in. It's kind of like, okay, where do I start? And what do I do? How do I put this together? But that's all a launch is essentially, it's just getting out what you want to sell, In that short period of time so it's kind of like a
0: springboard to get people into a product or a service that you want to sell at a particular time so i'm thinking that that would make loads of sense for online courses because certainly the best courses that i've done have been great because i've been going along with a group of other people Mm -hmm. so we all needed to get in at the same moment Whereas there are other things, other courses I've done online, which are just evergreen, like you say, and you can get them any time and maybe they don't need a launch so much. But if you're doing something where you really want to create a transformation for somebody and they're going to have access to you as part of a group, then it makes sense to kind of get them in all at once.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, it might not just be an online self study course, it might be a group coaching program. And so, you know, some of your audience might be in that situation where they're actually wanting to take more than one person through the same experience all at the same time. In which case, you'd open that up on a set date and you'd probably want to do a launch to get people into that to get more than one all at the same time on a set time and so yeah that's where typically a launch would come in whereas exactly as you say if it's if it's evergreen it's just kind of always there. Mm. So what's the real advantages of
0: doing it as a launch rather than just kind of dripping out your marketing?
1: Um, I, I, I think it's it's a really good question so a launch for me is a really good way to test whether something works because I think we all too often think a launch that means something big and it doesn't need to be you could just have a test launch a beta launch and where you're just setting yourself the target actually i maybe just only want five people into this into this program and i'm going to take them all through it for the first time get their feedback decide what does and doesn't work and actually see if the program or the offer you've got is something people want um, and I think that's all too often something we miss. It's like, oh, I've, I've spent blood, sweat and tears. I love this program. It's amazing. And we don't stop to think, does actually anybody want it and test that out? So doing a kind of little soft test launch can be a good way of doing that before you go to Evergreen. So for me, it's, it's quite often a good thing to do is to make sure it is all working, that all the elements in the launch or the customer journey are converting the way you want them to before you then say right I'm just going to put that out there all the time because you kind of want to know that is working before you do that so that's where launches can be very useful just to test things but then if you want to scale your business and you want to get more and more people into a course or a program then a launch is a great way to do that all at once so as you get more practice more experience you can grow your launches they can become bigger you can bring an ad spend all that kind of thing but I think Nobody should feel intimidated by that and feel that oh it's too much. You can start small, and that really depends where you're at with your business and what your goals are for how many people you want to bring in. Mm. So it can almost be like a testing
0: ground. So you can test out, you know, how does this message resonate with people? And it sounds very important. I like the the phrase that you used, being a launch scientist and it's something i learned from your podcast very much was to be on top of the numbers is this actually converting for me is am i paying an amount that i can afford to pay per customer um, seems absolutely crucial every stage
1: absolutely and i think that there's so many moving parts in selling anything so you know even you know not using the launch terminology if you want to sell something to someone then you've got to think about that customer journey. How do they become aware of you? How do they know you exist? Um, How will you know that you're getting enough people into your world and how how many of those people are actually buying what you've got to offer? You kind of need to measure all these little touch points all the way through to know how things are performing in your business. So a launch is no different, it's just like a little microcosm. You've got all these little touch points you want to measure and a test launch is a good way to do that, absolutely
0: so I suspect that this is an impossible question to answer but I'm gonna ask anyway because I know that people listening will want to know say for an example if you were a therapist who'd been working one-on-one with families for a long time and you had an idea for an online course to help parents whose children are struggling with anxiety
1: mm-hmm.
0: what kind of a length
1: of a launch would you be looking at for a course like that that is that's a really good question and I think it it does really depend on how you want to launch and I would say that the length of that launch might also depend on the price point of your program or your offer so for example if it's really low ticket if you're just putting something if I I was selling a, a pair of earrings then I don't need to really warm up my audience. I don't need to position myself as much. And I don't need them to trust me to buy a pair of earrings because it's not, there's not an emotional investment to the degree that there is if I want someone to help me psychologically um, and, and coach me and you know, or a therapy. I want to trust that person. So I think it's the length of time it might take you to create awareness of what you do and why you are the expert that's going to help them and that can take a longer piece of time and I think all too often we rush in for that short-term purchase and gain and we just want to fill our courses and we don't take the extra length of time to warm people up uh, and to build connection, to build engagement. So if you take a launch end to end, you actually do some pre-launch work where you really are building your audience, and you are nurturing them, and you are getting that connection. That can extend an official launch period, if you like, to a lot longer. But it's also crucial because the more they get to trust you, and the more time you take to do that, when it comes to your main launch of saying, "Here's my offer. Do you want to buy?" you're more likely to get sales because they do know who you are and they know what you do. Mm, and I also think that you know them, which is yep. helpful. Um, Absolutely. And I think, you know, particularly if someone's going to part with a few thousand pounds or dollars to, to buy a programme or to have a course of therapy, then they, that is an emotional investment. They're going to want to know that you're the right person and, and building that trust can take time. So I think that's where, you know, It's thinking about your launch. What is the best strategy? How long should I take over this to get that all important connection, to give myself the best chance of bringing people into this program?
0: Hmm. Because you need to learn how to speak to people on their wavelength and to communicate the fact that you are an expert to them in a way that makes sense. Because I think often as a psychologist, because I've got the doctor title, you kind of think, oh, people know that I know what I'm talking about. Well, why on earth did they trust you? So many people have got titles and there's a lot to choose from. There's a lot of advice to choose from out there. So I think I made this mistake, actually, when I, I put out a really low cost offer. So I didn't really expect price to be much of a barrier to people. But of course, there are a million low cost resources for parents <laughs> out there. Why would they choose mine when they don't know me at all? Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. So pre-launch looks like things like blog posts and podcasts and videos and ways of of people kind of getting to know you and and learning about your valuable advice.
1: Absolutely. I mean, it's an often used um, analogy, but it's a bit like dating. It's like if you walked into a nightclub and you went up to the bar and someone came up to you and said, will you marry me? the answer is probably going to be no you need to have that that dating period you need to have that icebreaker and getting to know someone before you're going to say yeah okay <laughs> let's head back to your house so you know it, it's thinking about that in terms of selling you've got to do that that kind of as I say icebreaker and um, just starting the, out the relationship so that they get to know you
0: Yeah. And I guess if you're starting a completely new venture in an area that you've not worked before and you've not got much of a network, starting to build that audience of people that know, like and trust you could take quite a long period of time. Whereas if your new venture is a bit of a sidestep for you and you've already got a lot of connections in this area,
1: it might not take that long. Yeah, absolutely. I, i've got a mentor james wedmore who he's often quoted as saying that business is simple you just need to build a community and then sell them what they want and and i really subscribe to that but i think it's the building community part that a lot of us bypass and it's i just want to sell them what they want because i want the revenue um, and actually if you take the time to build the community of right people and get your messaging right going back to what we said um, and even if that's running ads with the right message to draw more people in that will be a dividend for you if you take the time to do it.
0: Mm, Yeah, I think that's really important. Um, I also think sometimes people miss the fact that if you start launching something like a webinar and people don't know, like, and trust you, even though it's free, why would they give up their time? Time is a commodity as much as anything else. Um, So if you're launching that webinar and it's an area that you already work in and you've got 150 ex-colleagues, you might actually be better off texting each one of those and saying, would you like to come along to my webinar and running the webinar to them than you would be to put a message out to a
1: completely cold audience
0: if you're hoping to
1: fill that webinar. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a really good place to start. If you're trying something out for the first time and you want to fill a program or whatever it is, then contacting your existing audience is a really good place to start because you might as well test it out on people who do know you and do trust you. And you've got more chance of bringing them in and exactly as you say, than trying to talk to complete strangers who haven't a clue who you are? Um, why? What? Why? Why would they care? Why would they want to know what you've got to say in a webinar?
0: Yes, I had um,
1: one of my clients
0: from the Warden Therapy membership wanted to know how to how to fill her webinar that she was running. I think she'd only given herself about a week, um, and I said. You know, reach out to people you already know and she hadn't considered that because it's so scary <laughs> um, but she did have the audience of people who were right for the webinar that she was running she didn't actually need to go out and build a cold audience to fill that webinar and she got 128 people from just contacting people that she already knew who she knew needed it mm-hmm. so and that's that's amazing worth it um so yeah, so pre-launch can look totally different for different businesses depending on the audience you already have.
1: Um, yeah, absolutely. And some people you know are maybe sitting in the position saying, well, I haven't got an email list, I haven't got a Facebook community, I haven't got a big social following. And if you're starting there, then I get that it might, maybe it's going to take you longer to build that warm audience. So give yourself that time and don't put the pressure on yourself that I need, now need to contact complete strangers and try to convince them to come into my world. And that's not going to happen quickly necessarily. So it is about giving yourself that extra pre-launch time before you, you want to put an offer to someone. So once
0: you've done that, you've warmed up your audience, you you've, got a decent network going of the right kind of people who are likely to want what you're putting out there. You mentioned that there's a number of different ways that people launch. And we've talked a bit about webinars and I think most psychologists and therapists mm. will have been to a few uh, and, and come across that way of doing things. What are the other launch strategies that you see people using a lot?
1: I think the thing is you can almost do anything you like and and call it a launch because really it's just about providing a free experience to people during the launch and that's where you're going to build the connection and um, so it's, it is that free experience where you're going to add value and showcase your expertise but also create the gap so it's where where people are right now whatever transformation you're and where you're going to help them you're almost creating that gap there it becomes a no-brainer that they need to buy your program they need to join your coaching course whatever it is to get the full transformation, to solve the pain that they're in right now. So you need that free experience to create that. So how you put that free experience out there, very much up to you, but common ways are a webinar, run an hour-long webinar, provide some great content, um, try not to teach too much, because obviously then you you know walk away, go, I'll try that myself, thanks very much, I'm off. Um, so there's an art in that itself. But you could even just put out a little series of videos. Um, you might want to do... a Quite commonly, you see five-day challenges being run uh, where people do something every day for five days, and then there's an end masterclass where they're they're presented with the offer. Um, You might decide, I'm just gonna do some Facebook Lives. Uh, I mean, that's that's a really easy way to launch right now is to simply maybe do a set of three Facebook Lives um, where you're almost taking a webinar but breaking it down into three sections, presenting it live, and that's it, you put the offer to them at the end of that. So lots of different ways. Um, I've even seen that people are testing out hybrids of all of those, so a kind of a mix between a challenge and um, maybe a webinar as well. So you know, our, our live launch comp- combined with a challenge. It's really what feels good for you, what feels within your experience and expertise to do, that's not going to overwhelm you and you're not going to get drowned in how do I figure out the tech? It's, you know, keep it simple. I'm I'm a great one for, you know, don't add on all the bells and whistles before you can just blow that little horn. It's, you know, really just start, start with the basics, something you're comfortable with that, you know, you can confidently put your message across and then build on it from there.
0: Mm, Yeah. That seems like really good advice because I do think this whole process can seem really, really overwhelming especially when we're consuming a lot of launches a lot of the time and they look so impressive. Like you mentioned James Wedmore and um, I listen to his podcast and so I get retargeted with everything. (laughs) Um, And I'm always like, wow, these people are doing so much, but they've got huge teams. Yes. A lot of us, we're starting and it's it's just us, or maybe it's us and the VA if we're lucky. (laughs) Yep. Um, And so being realistic about what you can achieve and what is going to feel good and positive rather than stressful is really important because if you're feeling stressed and overwhelmed, especially if you're selling a therapeutic type of service, I think that's going to creep into your messaging and it's going to start to um, damage the, the product that you're putting out there, basically.
1: Absolutely, and I'm a, I'm a great believer that whatever energy you're feeling will absolutely come across in how you're communicating to your audience. And again, it's a bit like back to the dating analogy if you're standing at that bar and a guy comes up to you and he's almost desperately, please go out with me, please go out with me, that's probably going to be the biggest turn off in the world. And um, so that element of desperation or tiredness or overwhelm will come across in your body language, if nothing else. Um, and you want to be in a place where you feel confident, you feel good about it, and that your energy is really upbeat because that is a natural attraction for people um, mm. and they will gravitate towards you.
0: Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Now, I've got a question for you, which is probably a bit selfish because I am at the beginning um, of the launch period for the dean 1 Therapy membership. Um, we have I did a founding members launch for it. Uh, So we've got 13 wonderful members at the moment, um, but I'm looking to make it a bit bigger. I've got a better site. um, And all of that is happening during June. Um, So what I want to know is what are the most common mistakes that you see people making in their
1: early launches? Oh, that's a great question. (laughs) Um, (laughs) To be honest, I think the biggest mistake is lack of planning. It really, really is. I think planning and preparation is everything Um, and when I take my students through my own group program that teaches them how to to launch that's the first thing we start with is mapping out your launch calendar, where are all the key dates and when does everything need to be ready by that you've got a really robust plan for how you're going to get things out there that nothing is is missed. Um, because all too often what I see happening is people, you know, getting through the launch, rushing through it. And, oh, I need my ads to be running, but I haven't actually written them yet. And, I have, and the, so they throw something together, chuck it out there and wonder why they don't work. Um, or we get to the stage of, right, I need people to buy my program and I haven't put the sales page together and I'm writing it the night before and I'm up at midnight trying to finish it all. That goes back to that kind of energy you're bringing to the launch Mm. if you put yourself under that kind of pressure. So uh, some solid planning is definitely something I see a lot of people missing out, uh, and it really will stand you in good stead. The other thing is exactly as we talked about earlier, it's about putting – pressure on yourself that it's got to be this perfect launch that it's got to have all the things i see other people doing in their launches but their journey they may be years ahead of you in experience and as you say they might have a team that's building all this out for you for them and you might not with the best one in the world be able to recreate that so do what's within your power and and don't get ahead of yourself i think it's just you know take it step by step Almost have a minimum viable launch. As long as you've got your offer, you know it's good. What's the easiest way for you to get that out there and create a good customer experience without trying to make it too complicated? I love that advice.
0: (laughs) Yes, because it can be. You can see, oh, this person's doing a quiz. This person's doing um, a Facebook Live series. This person's doing a webinar And, and try and do all of them. And often that can mean you don't do any of them particularly well. Um, Yeah. Whereas if you do one thing and it's exactly what your audience needed, then that's going to take you a lot further.
1: Yeah, 100%. I'm a great believer in keep it simple, (laughs) as simple as you can. It's simple but effective, always the best way. I also
0: think going back to your previous point about when you're doing something like a webinar, working out... um, how much to give away in that webinar? Yeah. I think that's really important um, because when we first met, I'd just fallen foul of that. Mm. I created um, Facebook ads to an ebook that went incredibly well. It was meant to be um, to get people into my audience for hypnobirthing workshops, and the ads were unbelievably successful. That that um, ebook got downloaded by two thousand people in three wow. months on a very, very low ad spend. Um, But did it convert? No, it did not. (laughs) Um, I'd put everything into the book, everything. You didn't really need me. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And I think as psychologists and therapists, because we want to serve people, we want to be helpful. I think a lot of us feel like everybody should have this advice that we want to give. We want, we would love it to be free. (laughs) Um, So we do have a tendency to do that and it's important to kind of leave something back so that people do actually need to invest in your program.
1: I think we all do, um, and I know I've certainly done it in webinars where it's almost knowledge vomit. It's like I'm just going to tell you everything I know that's going to help you because I want to fix you. Mm. Um, and I, I think that's just in the nature of you know coaches, consultants, and what we do when we're serving people. We want to help, so we do. We we just throw everything at them. It's like I'm just going to help you, <laughs> um, but what we end up doing is not really helping them because they think they've got enough to self fix. Mm. And actually, it's probably not gonna happen without our help. Um, And we just need to almost pull back from that, not give them so much that they think they can help themselves. It's allow them that they they see that they need your help. So it's just giving them enough to, to almost showcase your expertise. And someone said to me that if you do your webinar slides and you actually feel really uncomfortable that you're not giving any value, you've probably got it right. (laughs) Yeah, that's interesting. Because
0: I think that used to be something I really struggled with. Um, And I think there'll be a lot of people listening to this whose hackles kind of go up and they're like, but we should be giving everything. But what I think about is my own experience of being coached and of personal therapy as well, because I did that for a long, long time, had my own therapy. And the benefit wasn't in the knowledge It was in having somebody there with me to help me through what I needed to learn. And I would never say that my coach or my therapist weren't worth the money. And so I think it's interesting that we will say that to ourselves. We'll say, oh, but I should give away all of this for free. People shouldn't have to pay me. But we would not think that about people that we have paid in our lives to, to help us through a difficult process.
1: Absolutely. And you know, there's, there's, years of training and experience going into what you offer. You can't possibly transfer all that knowledge to someone in a, you know, in a 60 minute webinar. Mm. So there's, there's got to be a gap. And at the end of the day, we're all in business. We, we need people to buy what we have to offer as much as we're coming from a place where we want to help. It's a business transaction at the end of the day. So you need to create that desire to want to buy that from you. And your, your launch and your webinar, whatever it is you're using, is the place to do that. And there is an art to that. And giving everybody everything they need and all your knowledge is not going to create that desire and it's not going to create that gap for people to want to buy from you. So you do need to step back from it. You do need to kind of pull back from just yeah vomiting everything that you know at them yeah definitely nobody likes vomit it's
0: overwhelming anyway <laughs>
1: no, it's not good never good
0: <laughs> so a bit of a personal question actually but I was just wondering what was your first ever launch and how did that go
1: Gosh, now I'm trying to think I'm actually trying to think back because I mean over the years I've launched so many things that I've put out there um but So I suppose most recently, my my own ads course, Ads on Fire, that's been out for a few years now, but I can remember the first launch of that. It wasn't pretty. Um, (laughs) And we all make the mistakes, but you learn from them. And I'm trying to think, before that, I was doing Facebook marketing, And it's a funny thing, I probably never considered myself as launching when I first started out in business because I was working as a marketing consultant, social media consultant. And I would typically get clients by going out to networking meetings and I was actually chatting to them. But this goes back to the connection piece. It was actually going out there and getting to know people and allowing them to get to know me. And I got clients that way and then word of mouth referrals. Mm. Tended to bring in um, most business. So it wasn't until I created my first sort of online course that I was really having to think, okay, I'm not going out there to see people. Um, I need to somehow let them know I exist. And I think that was probably my first launch. And so for me, oh gosh, I can't even remember what the first course was about there because I've had things that have taught people how to use Facebook marketing. I've, I've got my, my ads course, I've got group programs that I've run over the years, and I cannot remember what the first one was. It's such a good question. <laughs> You're making me think back. Um, but, you know, I can definitely tell you that there were car crashes. Um, <laughs> and I, I can definitely tell you that I didn't get it right. Um, and I think it's then a case of what, what meaning we attach to that. And how often do we go, my launch didn't work, I'm a failure, I'm no good at what I do, I can't do this, I give up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's it's then about just picking yourself up and saying, no, you've just experienced launch free fall. It happens to all of us. It happens to the best of us. It happens to the big guys. It happens to us all. What have I learned from this launch and what will I do differently next time? And I think that for me has been my journey is when I had those initial launches that were just awful. <laughs> it was like, right, right what, what went wrong? What can I do better next time and who can I learn from to do it better? Uh, and that's definitely been my journey is just having those other people that can show you the way.
0: Yeah, because I think it's those like launch gremlins that come Mm. in and whether that is kind of attaching your self-esteem to the success of the launch I recorded a podcast um, episode a few weeks ago that was all about that about how you can only control some aspects of it there are things that you haven't learned yet that you just can't know yet that you have to have the experience to know you have to find the right mentor you kind of have to get burned a bit like if you There is no perfect launch anyway. I'm sure there's nobody that has sat back at the end of a launch, looked at their spreadsheet and gone, wow, 100% conversion on everything.
1: (laughs) Not possible. Absolutely. And I think, you know, that surprises a lot of people because I think all too often we look at these sort of, you know, influencer launches and massive launches that are happening and go, wow, they must have it all together. And, you know, they're making millions and millions of dollars. It must be amazing. And it just all runs slickly. It doesn't. And I can tell you that from behind the scenes, it absolutely doesn't. Um, I mean, the biggest campaign I ran last year, we spent nearly a quarter million dollars on that launch, on ads alone. Um, And probably a good good 50% of those ads were not working well. Um, So... And we all still have to test things out. We all still have to learn. But I think the difference between sort of struggling entrepreneurs and these successful entrepreneurs is they've got a real grip on the data -hmm. And what it's telling them to interpret it and to be able to pivot and say, okay, that's not working. I'm not gonna attach meaning to it. I'm just gonna try something different and and keeping experimenting with it. And I think this is why I, I call myself a launch scientist, because it feels like it's that experimentation. You've always got to keep testing, keep experimenting and going, well, if I add this element into the test tube and this one in, what's gonna happen? It might blow up in your face, but it might also produce an amazing result. So I think it's it's about just looking at the data all the time and interpreting that for what it's telling you and quite often i hear people that my launch hasn't worked and you'll say well where where was the the biggest place where you lost people i don't know i don't know what good looks like so this is where the data is so 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 important because the numbers will not lie they'll tell you where people went no I'm not interested I'm off uh, and where you can plug that gap the next time and that's what we all need to do is just you know keep looking at that interpreting it and reviewing it and testing something new the next time.
0: Yeah and but it's interesting what you say about how successful entrepreneurs are the ones that are able to look at that data because I do think definitely the first time I ever tried to launch something and I've shared on the podcast before it did not go well either. (laughs) 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 And I think I couldn't face looking at it because it felt like staring at a wound. It felt like, you know, opening up something that was bleeding inside of me. It was so painful. Whereas I don't feel like that now. Mm -hmm. Now I feel like, oh, well, obviously I'm not an ads expert or I'm not an expert in this particular thing and I haven't done it very well. Let's find the expert and let's get them to help me improve it. Um, but that was a journey. That was a journey. that took me a couple of years. I'm kind of hoping that for members of my community, they might get there faster from hearing yeah. me talk about it, because I think that point before I met you, before I met Janet, before I met like, the people I've put in my arena um, to learn from, I'd never met anybody who tried to launch anything online. And I assumed, because it looks like it on Instagram, that the people who were successful got successful quite quickly, just kind of had this business acumen that people talk about on The Apprentice and knew what they were doing. And yeah, I think just like you said, you have to travel that journey to realise it's all
1: BS and you need to be a bit of a scientist about it, really. Absolutely. And I think, you know, even, you know, overnight successes will always say, yes, I'm an overnight success, but it's been years in the making. So mm-hmm. there's usually always that groundwork that you just don't see. Um, you just see the finished article and it looks impressive and you don't see the sweat <laughs> and everything else that's gone into it. Um, and and that's just what we've got to do. You've got to go through that. And no two launches are the same. Mm-hmm. Um I, and, and I'm I'm human myself because two launches ago of ads that, of ads on Fire, I had an amazing launch and it was converting like hotcakes on the webinar. It was incredible, and I thought, great, I've got finally got my winning formula. Did it exactly the same way for the next launch and made hardly any sales on the webinar. And I came off it and I was crushed because I thought I've done everything the same. I've had similar results all the way through. Why is nobody bought? And um, but I think where a lot of people would go. Oh, I didn't make sales in the webinar. I'm doomed. This is a terrible launch. It's over. It's not over until it's over, and I think it's always keeping going until you've done everything you possibly can do. That when your cart closes, it can be a completely different result. And that's exactly what happened with my last launch. Was it actually became my best ever launch? It just so happened people didn't buy on the webinar. They wanted more time to think about it, Um, and because I was still accessible and still talking to them and still nurturing them and communicating. It turned it completely around but how often do we give up at that first sign of, f- of failure uh, and I think it is this is where I, as I say you know successful entrepreneurs they've got that almost nerves of steel to keep going it's resilience and and to, to not just give up mm.
0: and remembering that somebody's dog might have barked at the moment that you were making the offer or. I know it felt a bit queasy. When we needed the loo or something, <laughs> and something completely yeah. outside your control, and that that could coincidentally happen to all a hundred people on your webinar.
1: Absolutely, and
0: it might mean nothing about your offer, but you have to have the courage to follow up. Yes, and assuming that's what you did, you had lots of emails and and um, reaching out to your audience. You didn't go and hide, and I think that's possibly where people like me have gone wrong
1: <laughs> in the past. I think it's also it was reaching out to a lot of colleagues that uh, and kind of going, oh, my goodness, you know where is this going wrong? What should I do? And I think sometimes you just need that sounding board. you need, And I think you know I'm always an advocate for you should have a coach and you should have someone to help you through these things because you cannot do it all on your own. And sometimes you just need that voice of reason to say, like stop the nonsense, <laughs> pull up your big girl knickers and just get on with this. And it's amazing what can happen when you do.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree with that more. Uh, Liz, that's been so helpful. Thank you for sharing so much value. Um, I think that a lot of people are going to want to look you up after this. Um, So where is the best place to find you
1: and how can people work with you? so normally i'd direct you to my own podcast but ads that convert it's still there you can find it at lizmelville.com forward slash podcast and um, but that's actually um, ended now and i'm about to launch a brand new podcast it's called the launch lab so you can sign up for that and be the first to listen to it at lizmelville.com forward slash lab waitlist but come and hang out with me on my Facebook page. And um, that's where I'm at all the time. I actually run a weekly live Facebook show on there. It's also called The Launch Lab. So if you do want help and tips with launching and with your Facebook ads and any aspect of that, you know, getting your course out there or your programs, then come and come and say hi on my page. And I could not
0: recommend it more. Honestly, because I think there is a lot of drama around launching and when we start risking money on ads, it starts okay. to feel really scary and um, like, not to embarrass her, but Liz makes it really straightforward, simple, do this, test it, follow the methodology. And for all of us scientist practitioners, it feels very comforting indeed. So I really recommend if you're thinking about launching something, do go and check out Liz's um, support in her facebook group and on the podcast because it has helped me so much over the last two years
1: oh thank you that's really kind
0: do you have moments where you're unsure why you're doing what you do feeling burned out or stuck in your practice do you feel sick when you send invoices and sweaty when you check your bank balance or are you confident in what you want to do but feeling overwhelmed by the idea of marketing If any of these apply to you, then you need to be at the Do More Than Therapy community online summit on Monday, the 22nd of June. It's totally free to attend. Just join the group and let us know your email address to register. We've got expert speakers talking about pricing, mindset, running captivating online workshops and using Facebook groups to create community. So make sure that you're signed up for all of that good stuff.